Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jacob Gaffney, the Editor-in-Chief of Housing Wire. I'm joined with Rick Sharga, the Executive Vice President of Carrington, in his new role over there. And we're going to speak today as part of our podcast series, In the Winner Circle. In the Winner Circle is my podcast that features people who are absolutely crushing it in the mortgage space. And unless you've joined the mortgage industry in the last week, you should know who Rick Sharga is. He's been a close friend of mine for many years, uh, and he's been at several firms, and he's recently re-ended up at Carrington. Rick, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Thanks for having me, Jacob. It's, it's good to be here, and uh, it's good to be back at Carrington. Uh, I okay. uh, had a, a five-year hiatus uh, while I, I uh, worked at auction.com and rebranded mm-hmm. the company there as, as 10X, and we... Uh, Sold the business to a, a private equity firm uh, last year, which which really sort of precipitated uh, uh, my decision to to move on and uh, and, and rejoin my old friends here at at, uh, uh, at Carrington. And uh, I'm part of the holding company. The Carrington, yep. if your if your readers aren't familiar, owns and operates a, a number of different companies in the, mm-hmm. the mortgage real estate space: a mortgage origination business, a mortgage servicing operation, a real estate brokerage, a title company, and, and a number of other businesses. And uh, uh, part of my job here is to make sure all those uh, different businesses are, are in alignment from a branding and marketing perspective, uh, and to, to, to serve as the, the company's primary spokesperson, as I've done uh, previously here and at auction.com and before that at RealtyTrack. Yeah, and it's definitely a a position of comfort for you. Um, I know that uh, Carrington recently brought all of those businesses. Well, I say recently; it's actually been quite a few years uh, under the Carrington brand. You know, Bruce used to have different names for the different services he had. I believe White Glove was the name of uh, of like a of a of a sort of field services division he had. I don't remember. Did any of that happen when you were at Carrington? Was it was it that long ago? It was that long ago. In fact, that was one of the last things I did before I, I left the company to, to move over to auction.com was to, uh, to, to move everything under the Carrington brand. And, that was huge. Uh, it, it, was, it was a big undertaking, and, uh, yeah. and I, think it's, I think it's done well for the company over the, over the ensuing years. Well, you know, I think that there's no doubt that you definitely know your way around the mortgage industry. And uh, I wanted to bring you in the winner circle, not just to get your thoughts on some more generalized uh, trends we're seeing in real estate, but I also want to talk about your news. You joined, uh, rejoined Carrington with a bit of um, some news that came along with it. You are, guys, you're, you're offering a new product, and uh, let's hear about it. Yeah, we've recently launched a, a number of what we're calling non-prime uh, loans, and, mm-hmm. and these are targeted really at the, the, the millions of borrowers who've been locked out of the, the, the industry uh, really since the Great Recession. The, right. the Urban Institute put out a report that suggested that somewhere in the neighborhood of 6.3 million borrowers who normally would have been able to get a loan simply weren't able to get one between 2009-2016 because of how risk-averse the entire industry had become. And these, these are people who traditionally were good credit risks uh, in a normal mortgage market, could have qualified for a loan. Uh, and, and we've decided that uh, it's time to, to give them an opportunity at home ownership, or in the case of somebody who already owns a home, give them a chance to tap into the equity of their home uh, to, to make their life situation better. And, uh, and so we, we've, uh, we've launched into that business uh, in both the, uh, the retail and the wholesale channel. 
so for, for consumers who are looking for, for an opportunity for, for that kind of home purchase or, or home equity investment, uh, and importantly for, for mortgage brokers uh, who have clients who they've had a hard time getting a loan for because of a low FICO score or high debt to income ratio, but who are otherwise good quality candidates, you know, we're, we're open for business. That's good to know. I mean, 6.3 million borrowers who can responsibly handle a monthly mortgage should have the opportunity to get on the property ladder. I think it's a great idea. I hope to see Carrington make some inroads. I know that there's been some unfair comparisons, not just with your firm, but others in the past about opening up the credit box. It's like, you know, you can't have it both ways, right? You know, you can't complain that things are, are too loose and then you can't complain that rents are too high and you can't, you know, you know, it's easy. Uh, it's easy for people to sit on the sidelines and criticize, but you guys are actually doing something. You're trying to make a difference and it has caught you a little bit of criticism, but I venture to say that this is going to be a pretty solid product. I mean, let's talk a little bit about how things have changed and how you, how non-prime is now a modern product, not just for the person's credit score, but also some of the other characteristics that go with it. Yeah, it, I'm glad you said that. And, and candidly, uh, Jacob, we anticipated getting uh, some people shooting at us from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's understandable. The, the subprime uh, fiasco that we saw in the, in the, the mid-2000s uh, probably should have everybody on guard and, and on edge a little bit. Uh, we, we saw how that movie ended. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't a really good ending, and we really don't want to see that movie play out again. Um, the, the big difference, in, in, and this is probably – language that, that I think most people in the mortgage industry would understand is is that we're not layering risk like a lot of the companies did back back in the day. We're, okay. we're offsetting risk, which is what traditional underwriting practices are all about. It used to be that you'd get a ninja loan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there'd, there'd, there'd be somebody with no income, no job, no assets, and they'd qualify for a million-dollar loan on a house that was worth $600,000. And it was, it was just a disaster. Um, we're, we we have a, a way different approach to doing this, mm-hmm. uh, and it goes back to, to common sense underwriting standards. If there's an area of an application that looks risky, you offset that risk somewhere else. So somebody with a 600 FICO score can probably expect to have to make a little bit of a bigger down payment uh, or, or perhaps have, have a few more months of cash reserves than somebody with a 700 FICO score. Right. Uh, and and the, the, we, we underwrite each of these loans manually, so there's no automated underwriting system that's taking a look at these borrowers. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're servicing them carefully, and, and one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that since the Great Recession, Carrington's been one of the most active companies in the purchase and management of, of non-performing loans. Correct. Uh, and we've and we've managed. We've actually yeah. built up a pretty good, a pretty good muscle, uh, in terms of being able to work with those less than perfect borrowers and help them get those loans to reperform and stay in their homes. So, it's a, a high touch servicing operation with kind of a high tech backbone, uh, manual underwriting, and then we do educational programs. We actually created an app called My Loan Detail that we we require borrowers to go through. And it takes them step by step through the loan that they're signing up for, explains to them what all the payments are going to look like, what the repercussions are if they don't make the payments, and requires them to verify everything they told us in advance. And we've put about 80,000 borrowers uh, through that program so far. And I believe it's one of the reasons why our delinquency rates are lower than industry averages. 
Well, you know, these things are going to be key, the manual underwriting, especially if we're ever going to build back a private label securitization market. And yep. going back to saying, uh, you know, you can't have it both ways. You know, it's at some point, there will have to be mortgages that do carry some kind of risk. Now, that you're offsetting the risk, and you probably don't like me using the term risk that much, but that's that's, okay. a, that's essentially what it is. And you, we've seen this in these, uh, we've seen this as acceptable levels of credit enhancement. Like you said, they might have to pay a little bit more, and you know, and and get the loan, get the non-prime loan, uh, deal with it for a year, pay the extra money, and then refinance. By that time, you can refinance into a, a more traditional. Prime loan. It, it helps people get back on track. It helps their lives get back on track. And I wish uh, that there were more lenders out there that would be, you know, not so gun shy as Carrington. And uh, I guess they just need to have someone as eloquent as you, Rick, to be uh, leading it. But that's why you're sitting in the winner circle, my friend. <laughs> High praise, Jacob. I yes, you know it. Um, <laughs> So you mentioned the manual underwriting and uh, you mentioned the high touch servicing and all that. That brings with it a level of personnel that Carrington needs to provide. And, you know, that's one thing that's a big issue across the board for us is where do our people fit in? Where do people in the mortgage lending industry fit in? Where do people in the real estate industry fit in? And that is, you know, going into the automation. What can you automate to be more efficient. You know what? What vendors should you hire to help your lending processes go a, a lot easier for everyone involved? Now, this is a big, big conversation in our industry right now, and uh, I wanted to know your thoughts. So, uh, speaking in terms of real estate agents, mortgage loan officers, uh, do you see automation taking over a big part of their role going forward? Yeah, that's, a, that's the, the trillion-dollar question facing the industry right now, Jacob. And I, I, I'm of the, the, the school that says that, you know, the realtor community, for example, that, that realtors will always be involved in the transaction to some degree. Uh, I, I do think as artificial intelligence becomes more pervasive, as machine learning uh, becomes more a part of the process, um, the realtors who remain in the transaction are going to have to see their roles change. Uh, they're going to, have to come up with a different way of, of delivering a value proposition. Um, if, if you think back to as, as recently as 10 or 15 years ago, um, the realtor's value proposition was that they knew where all the properties were that were for sale mm -hmm. because they had this secret thing called an MLS book yeah. uh, that was a printout of, of all the yeah. homes that were for sale. Uh, last year, the majority of people who bought a home actually found the home online before they even talked to a realtor. So, so that value proposition of knowing where the, the, the homes are really doesn't make any sense anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and the successful realtors going forward are going to have to carve out a new role for themselves. But one of the things that, that some of the research I did at 10X emphasized for me was, and this was a bit of a surprise, the, the group that most wanted to work with a realtor was the millennial group. Mm, okay. um, and, and, and it was because they'd never gone through the process before. Uh, one, one of the people in a focus group actually said, I want somebody to hold my hand through this process because I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and so, so, so there is a lot of that sort of uh, uncertainty and, and a little bit of fear uh, because, you know, let's face it, for most people, the, the home purchase is still uh, the single biggest financial commitment they're ever going to make. Right. Um, so I, I do think as, as you know, counselor, as psychologist, as coach, uh, as negotiator, uh, as handholder, 
there, there for the foreseeable future anyway is always going to be a role for a, a high quality realtor in the mix. Sa same thing on the on the lending side. Um, right. What we're what we're finding out from research is even when people are are pretty well educated in terms of rates and terms and things along those lines. Uh, there's a bit of uncertainty as to whether or not they're they're really making the right decision. They want to talk to somebody before they pull the trigger. And and even with all the interest in online mortgages today, uh, you know the, the the rocket loans of of the world. If you're a borrower who doesn't check all the boxes perfectly mm -hmm. in that loan application, you're going to get kicked off into a call center anyway, and ultimately right. wind up working with a loan officer to 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 cure whatever that perceived issue is. So. The, the human element's really important, and, and I think uh, as long as we're dealing with people that are buying the homes, uh, there's going to be an opportunity for people on the other end of the transaction to participate. And I know that there's a lot of talk about, um, I wrote the article about Amazon um, building up mm -hmm. its its mortgage division and what it's trying to do, and then today in the news, Amazon was talking about uh, there there's there is reportedly plans at Amazon to put robots actually in the home uh, that could presumably open the door to let potential uh, borrowers have a look around and that sort of thing. So there's, there's, there's a lot of thing that there's a lot of things that Silicon Valley gets about people. And there's a lot of things they don't get about the mortgage industry. And I agree with you that people will always be part of the process, especially as we move to a digital mortgage. And again, going back to that private label market, there's really no huge pool of investors that'd be willing to invest on the secondary side with a mortgage that did not see a manual underwriting that did not see a person involved at the title closing, for example. And I do think that there will be a, a role for people, but it will change dramatically over time. M mainly, I think, in the appraisal industry, where we'll see a lot of the, the role of appraisers and AMCs will, will I think, well, it is uh, dramatically shifting those stands as we speak. But in terms of the real estate agents and on the lending side, how much does automation go towards what's happening in Carrington compared to where you guys were when you were there last time, you know, several years ago? Has automation really taken on a different role at the company? That's a really good question and, and uh, a timely question too. We're, we're, we're actually doing a lot of behind the scenes technology development and, and we are working with bots uh, in, huh. in a number okay. a number of different areas of our processes, but it's it's really to free up our, our people who are very well trained to deliver higher value work or to work with customers more directly yeah. uh, or to do problem resolution. But but for example, two areas we're using bots. Uh, we, we do buy a lot of, of MSRs, uh, mortgage servicing rights. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an awful lot of of what has traditionally been manual review of documentation coming in which can take weeks, if not months, depending on the size of the pool of loans that you're buying. Well, if you have a bot uh, that, that's learned what to look for, what documents to look for, uh, matching up fields with, with certain documents and, and, and your system, you can do in a few hours what it used to take you weeks to do. Oh, wow. uh, and, and identify any problems really before you wind up onboarding the loan. Same thing in the title business where you know you have an awful lot of really kind of rote uh, activity that goes on, especially toward the, the, the closing or, or mm -hmm. toward the, the end of a quarter, end of a month. 
uh, where you want to be able to free up your title agents to do problem resolution or to, to be able to research anomalies in, in, in the paperwork, not review every line on, on every, every piece of paper. Right. Uh, and so those are the kind of things we're training bots to do in the background that, again, uh, frees up our people to do higher value work. Well, and I, and I swear that I did not uh, mean to place that question. It just came as a natural sort of organic outreach of our conversation. Um, so how about that, ladies and gentlemen? You get a bit of uh, extra news for your news with your podcast. Uh, that's great. So, okay, Rick, well, you have to promise me to be back on the show a little bit later. Um, I want to thank you for coming in and being a part of In the Winter Circle. Did you enjoy it? I had a blast, Jacob, and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jacob Gaffney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Housing Wire. I'm joined with Executive Vice President of Carrington, Rick Sharga. Rick, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thanks, Jacob. 